third down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, joined by Jake and Frank. Season 2, episode 12. Lunas, run away from the grind. Henry Ruggs has his first bad game in a while, and then naturally Lunas disappears. <laughs> what do you know? Uh, just classic Lunas, if you ask me. Um, I don't know. I guess I could just jump right into what's going on. I think the biggest news is Zach Wilson hurt his PCL off of... Yep play from Matt Judon. Uh, Jets fans were pretty angry because there was a couple like questionable personal foul calls that could have been made prior to that, and then there were no calls. So then <laughs> third time's a charm. Zach Wilson gets hit, lands awkwardly, PCL. Apparently it's only a few weeks, two to four, I think is what I saw. But definitely frustrating for the rookie quarterback who has not had a great start to the season so far. Um, Frank, you were probably the highest on Zach Wilson out of the bunch. What's your concern level for Wilson? Zero. Zero concern. Not I really. would be. I'd be a little bit. Like, no. like the injury itself doesn't really like the actual physical injury doesn't really concern me at all. But it's just the fact that he's going to be missing time, and it's just like I, I just didn't, I need to see some kind of progression, some kind of wins, and like. Just throwing a couple less interceptions, <laughs> I wouldn't really call a win when you're throwing four to begin with. So, I don't know. I, I need to see more from Wilson. I'm definitely wavering on him the most out of any of these rookie QBs. I don't know. I'm chilling. I still really like Zach Wilson. The problem is is that because of the apologists and the people that drafted him, dude, I can't get him at these discounts that at least other people <laughs> seem to be able to get. I'm still offering projected super early first-round picks. I'd still do it, and I'm getting no takers. So, what are you gonna do? Really, no one's giving you early first or Zach Wilson. I mean, that's like I mean, no one, one no league giving you Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so that one owner won't. Uh, I, I mean, I guess. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I guess when you see like what this 2022 quarterback class is, and you don't have like like you are not sure it's going to be a top two, top three pick. I could see why you want to keep Zach Wilson over this 2022 quarterback class, but I don't know. To me, it's, it's definitely scary. Like, it, I, I thought he was playing a lot better the past couple of weeks than in the beginning of the season. He was taking a lot less sacks. He wasn't turning over the ball anywhere near as much as other people would make it out to be. I mean, the first three games are the first three games. It happens, but his last three games, he threw like one or two interceptions. He his completion percentage was on the rise. He looked a lot more confident and was starting to get more comfortable in the offense. And it's still the freaking Jets. So, like, I thought uh, that there were encouraging signs through the weeds of the bad performances. I'll, I'll give you that as the Jets. But the teams that he was playing get well against, like, are good against, it's Atlanta, who's Atlanta. And even then, it wasn't, like, that good of a game. And then Tennessee, who, that's a weird one. Tennessee is a weird one because they just destroyed Patrick Mahomes and they made uh, they won against Josh Allen. Yeah, but, but I just think the big problem is is that the Jets haven't really been able to win consistently on the outside against man coverage, and the times that they do, especially vertically down the field, it's like there, there's a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson. On top of the fact that he is missing things, like I'm not going to come out here and say he's been playing well or been playing perfectly, but I, I don't. I'm not panicking or anything. If I, I mean, I have him in a league. I'm not panicking in the third and twenty league. I have him. Um, 
I'm still looking to acquire Zach Wilson wherever I can. I mean, given I don't want to pay this ridiculous price for him, though. I would still give a first-round pick for him easily. But, you know, there's there's just a mix-in paradox going on where the, yeah. the, the managers are like, oh, well, I can't sell low on him at all. You know, they still want that high-end first-round pick return for him. But that's kind of crazy. Like, I get the 2022 class is not perceived nearly as good as the 2021 class, but, like, he was consistently going, like, 105, 106, 107, 108, I've seen. Like, it wasn't like he was even an early first to begin with. And he hasn't done anything to show you that he should be worth an early first. It's just that this class is perceived to be worse than the uh, the 2021 class. And that, to Which, me, feels... I It's it's kind of fair. I Like, Matt Corral, I think, looks solid. Like, the, the other quarterbacks definitely have question marks. Um, you don't have the receivers that are nearly as good prospects. I still like a lot of the receivers. But... I think the receivers are f- – I mean, you just don't have Jamar Chase, Devontae, yeah, Jalen Waddle in right. the top three. It, it feels bad drafting a Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, David Bell, whoever you can say you're one, like your top receiver. Traylon Burks looks like a stud. Well, that's it, why I was saying last episode that these late first, early seconds, I, I'm starting to really yeah, but, like their value. At this point, like, I'm not sure those guys are going to be available there. Because who's well, – like, I think Yeah, but gonna... the thing is, is that, JT, every year there's going to be the running backs that rise. And well, okay, it's, so... it's literally like clockwork. You're going to have these dudes that are early third, late second round prospects in the NFL draft. And then, you know, they go to a good landing spot. And all of a sudden, the hype goes crazy. The redraft folks come in, and they're going late first. I, yeah, but, like, I – I don't know about you. I didn't really see Trey Sermon or Michael Carter jumping the likes of Devontae Smith. I, maybe Rashad Bateman. But it, it's hard. Like, So we have – who's this year? This year is what? Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller. Um, I'm missing. Kenneth Charbonnet, Walker, Kyron. Yeah, you, you got some – like the, I think the running back talent is a little bit deeper than last year. You just – aside from Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller, you really don't have like those, those name brand – players but you can easily Maybe. see some of these guys fall into the mid late first round um i i i still like the late first early second in this but real quick i want to i want to talk back to it because joe flacco gets yes. traded now to the jets goes back to new york is there any value in joe flacco if you if you're a desperation team no. that needs a quarterback no. or are you just literally starting okay. anyone else in your super flex spot I'm not even sure he's going to be the starter. I think they might even just go with Mike White, to be completely honest. I think they just probably wanted to bring in a veteran guy in case, worst-case scenario, Mike White goes down. Like I, I just don't – I don't get why you're going out and getting Flacco. I don't – like, I get I mean, that if Mike White goes six down. Round pick. <laughs> I guess, it yeah. It wasn't but, a, you know, you know, big draft capital that they gave up. I think it's just they brought in a guy that was there last year, kind of knows the system, even – and it is what it is. But if Mike White goes down, same, and Flacco's not there, do you think the Jets are like, shoot, there goes our playoff chances. We have to put the punter in at quarterback? Like, I don't think any, even the most diehard Jet fans, I don't think. I think they just want to be a respectable NFL franchise and not start well, the Jets, at the so. quarterback. <laughs> you're the Jets, so you, you got a lot of work to do before you get there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I derailed us a little bit. Um 
Yeah, so the I don't know, unless you guys have anything else to add on the Flacco Joel White uh Mike White situation, we could talk about Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders gets hurt. At least now you have an excuse to bench him. <laughs> <laughs> you you were uh, the lowest one on Sanders here, right? I, I I was pretty low on Sanders as well. I mean, I think consensus was low on Sanders. I mean, yeah. Towards the end of the year, I like right right before the season, I started liking Sanders. I still because his ADP was around guys like Josh Jacobs. I still liked the Josh Jacobses and basically all the other running backs around Sanders more than Miles Sanders. It's it really just is a shame though because even though like the performances are not indicative of his talent, like even if you were low on Miles Sanders, we can all agree that he was being complete. Like the Eagles' offense is a fucking disaster right now. Completely. And he's being well, completely underused. I saw somewhere, yeah. maybe it was Rappaport, someone said it's one of those injuries that, like, it looks worse than it actually is. And it sounds like it's probably going to be, like, the Saquon situation where you miss, like, two weeks and then come back. I don't know how about that. I don't know. Sanders is a guy that always has, seems to have these little injuries that nag, and then they'll come back in a few weeks after he plays and he'll tweak it. I don't know. He's just a guy that kind of bothers me with these minor little injuries and overall I mean like Frank said the, the Eagles offense is just a nightmare um I think what is it like 85 percent of the yards or something comes from Jalen Hurts um in some form whether passing or rushing so overall this is just an offense that I kind of want to stay away from in general um I think in his absence Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are going to split 50-50 kind of how we saw at the end of this week's game so I don't think either is a real Good play. Apparently, Jordan uh, Howard might get some reps, which could be no. interesting. Oh, why? No. Didn't they why cut him? I thought they cut him after training camp. I mean, they probably didn't. Just put uh, yeah, I think he was on the squad. practice squad yeah. or something. Kenneth Gainwell is interesting, though, because he at least, like Miles Sanders, the first couple of years of his career, one of the reasons why he was so enticing for fantasy players well, his was receiving ability. Yeah, the receiving. And that has yeah. seemed to have deteriorated in the past couple of seasons between last year, him just sucking in the receiving game. And then this year, the fact that they just don't want to throw him the ball. Plus, I still don't think he's all that great as a receiver. Kenneth Gainwell, though, at least is a very good receiver. He has been seeing a lot of targets in the receiving game. So maybe. He's like a high-end flex play, like mid-tier RB2, possibly. Is that crazy? With, with the amount of, yeah, with the well, amount of just... injuries, there, there's, there's a lot of injuries at the running back position right now. There's bye weeks that are happening. and The Eagles suck, so they're probably going to be down in games. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but also, also those, those running backs from previous years, like, like the Naheem Hines that you kind of counted on to kind of just – pop up into the RB24 thing, like, they're not there right now. So maybe he, yeah, maybe he could be a, a solid flex play for a couple of weeks. But I just don't, I think Sanders is going to come back, and then it's just going to be annoying to start either of them. Yep. All right. Um, looking on, Frank, you want to talk about draft pick values right now? What are, you, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, so this is interesting because if you go and look at the keep trade cut values of draft picks, I should have had it so I could pull it up on the screen. Um, I have it up right now. This is I'm like sure that helps you, but probably you the lowest slash like last chance that you really have to get a great discount on 2022 draft picks. 
especially because you know you're seeing people are really starting to pump out Devi content in your leagues. I imagine that you've seen a couple of the teams start committing towards rebuilds. So you have a couple of teams and and basically every league that are looking to actively buy draft picks. Um, so it's just kind of a PSA that a, the values of draft picks are increasing and B like, you know, if, if you're, especially if you know, league mates that are going off a of keep trade cut, like now is the time or never, unless you want to pay a premium on them for a specific player that you like coming into the draft. If you're just looking to liquidate into draft capital, I'm doing it now, or at least I'm really trying to do it now. I would wait like one or two more weeks. Yeah, but the, dude, it, I'm, I'm telling you, go look at the 20, like for any of the 2022 first round picks. Those are the only ones I looked at. They're all essentially at a year long low right now because of the right, frenzy I, for players. I think they're going to continue to go down until the general population has their league trade deadline. Yeah, but I, I've seen too point, many people on Twitter that start point, saying that the uh, the 2022 class is underrated, though. I, I don't think that's going to matter because what's going to happen here is, like, I've said it every year, midseason is the cheapest time you're going to buy buy these draft picks because you're going to have these teams think that they're better than they are, and you're going to have these teams committing to rebuilds, and you're going to have this swap here that everyone's happy with at this point. They're going to say, okay, I picked up a win-now piece that will really put my team over the top, and I might have paid a little too much, but, like, it's fine as long as, you know, I make the playoffs, make a deep run, make some money in my league. So as soon as that trade deadline ends, now the, the, the tides kind of change, and everyone's like, okay, well, I can't, I can't make any more trades this season. Like, we're looking towards the draft. And at that point, that's when people, like, start to do their debut research. And then they're like, oh, this guy's going to be here. And then the price... Once you can put a name to that draft pick and say, oh, that's going to be player X, Y, or Z, that's when the, the price of these picks starts to really escalate really fast. Yeah, that, that's my argument, though, is that that is starting to happen now with all the Devi content that's being pushed. I think it's going to be – this is kind of a cop-out answer. It's going to be league-dependent, but, like, I just checked a few leagues that I'm in, and, like, in the third and 20 league, right now I'd say there's probably – 10 teams that still think right now, like, I have a chance of making the playoffs. In, in our right, home league, there's like, probably eight teams. In, in, in a different league, I saw probably another, like, eight teams. So you do have – it's going to start narrowing as things happen, right? Like, your your top running back gets injured and is out six weeks, so now you're no longer competing. Uh, this other guy's quarterback goes down, so now you don't have to, to try as hard to beat him out for the spot. You know, like, I, I do feel like – I'm more on Frank's side where I think now is more likely going to be the time when the picks are lower, but I, I mean, you could wait a week. It's go it's, yeah. It's going to be negligible. To, like, it's not like going to be all of a sudden that the, the early first is now worth an extra second on top of what it just was last week. Like, that's I'm just, I'm just kind happen. of coming from the perspective that now that we have a good amount of, of film on, a lot of the college players, you're going to have a lot, like there's a lot more college football content now than there has been in the past couple of years. And that's just going to keep increasing as years go on. Like 
now more so than ever, you're able to say, oh, well, my early first round pick, there's Matt Corral there. There's going to be Brees Hall. Where last year, that was kind of more so speculation. Now, I like you can go look at mock drafts and big boards from a lot of like trusted sources to a certain extent and get a general idea of the types of prospects that are going to be there. And you can start saying, oh, well, yeah, I really like Traylon Burks this year. I really hope that I can target him with my one projected 103 or whatever. So the more of that that starts happening, the more that these picks are going to increase in value and the more wins and losses happen in leagues, the smaller the pool of contending teams gets. So to me, that just means more competition trying to get these first round picks. The the big issue though is like what right. what players are getting traded for these picks? On like, the, the on the flip side, I just sorry to cut you off, JT, but Frank, as that pool of contenders shortens and becomes smaller, you're gonna have, have those teams being willing to pay up for that final piece to put them over the top. Is what I'm saying. If they're willing to pay up, that means the price of draft picks is going down. I'm confused because I'm just coming at it from that, you know, you have it like, holy Jesus. <laughs> that you, Jake? Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a fire truck going by. Someone's house is burning down probably. Holy smokes. Up there. Yeah, that's someone's <laughs> roster right there. That's got the sun and the rebuild alarms. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of coming at it like in the beginning of the season. Right. In a lot in the of leagues, season, like, you, you have one team that's a rebuild. Right, and that's what I'm saying is like, now you're going to have more teams. You're going to have the two sides deviate more distinctly, which is exactly what you're saying. But I'm saying that contender bunch is going to be willing to pay more now because they see they're a piece away. And they don't want the other contender to go make the same trade. So they're going to bid against each other for these win-now Yeah, that's why I'm saying to do it rate. now. Like, because I feel like if you wait another two weeks to do this, if, if you're a team that's like lower middle of the pack, then all of a sudden you have more rebuilding teams that are like, oh, I, I'm I'm more willing to ship off Nick Chubb to a contender for two firsts plus. Whereas right now this week, there might be like a three and five or whatever the record is. I forget what week we're in where they're like, no, I still got a chance at the playoffs. I'm keeping on to these to these veteran pieces because I think I can still make the playoffs. I think in two weeks from now, if they lose another two games, then all of a sudden that team is going to be start open to negotiations. And then if you're trying to sell, I don't really have a good example off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Josh Jacobs, maybe all of a sudden that, that contender is like, well, I'd rather just pay the two first plus and get a, a legit piece of Nick Chubb than pay just a first and get Josh Jacobs. Cause I don't like Josh Jacobs, right? Something like that. I think that that's a scenario that I'm looking to avoid. And I would rather, try to get the picks now than wait two weeks if there's more competition in terms of rebuilding teams trying to get picks and trying to sell off players to contenders. I mean, if you want to know the low-value picks, someone in our uh, the, the league that we took over, uh, the, the bad team, and Aaron Rodgers just went for, like, pick 102. Pick 102 yeah, it's pretty set in there. stone, 102 as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like a guaranteed one on two. So if you, yeah, I, I would easily sell Aaron Rodgers if I'm a rebuilding team for one on two. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking <laughs> that right now is kind of like this week, next week is kind of the sweet spot to 
sell the, the your, your assets for draft picks if you want to. Because I just think the longer you wait, the more potential you have to be boned. That that's my argument. And my PSA. We can actually start getting into the into the Devi stuff now if you guys wanted to. Yeah, I mean you kind of alluded to it with Traylon Burks. I mean, not that there's much to add other than he's good on that one. We've already but, talked about Traylon Burks yeah. enough on this podcast. Yeah. I I don't know who I consider my wire zero one, just a side tangent. I, I it's think Traylon Burks. I yeah, I think I'd probably say it's Burke Burks Bell London. Burks Bell London. I think Garrett oh, Wilson right. might be close. He's in there, there as too. Well. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson's one of those dudes that we all recognize that he has really great talent. He's in a place where there's kind of a little bit of competition for targets. He still eats and gets his, but I have the feeling like if he if you replace Garrett Wilson with with Drake London, it's almost like Garrett Wilson would be the kind of guy putting up those crazy stats and whatnot. I still wow. really like the both of them right now too. So. I'm not trying to diss any of these. I wouldn't players. be upset. I wouldn't be upset with any of those four ending up on my team. I just yeah. Think, I mean, I like this good. receiver class a lot right it's now. It's sneaky good. Solid. It's real. I think really this draft is starting to be sneaky good. I know that's probably uh, recency yeah. bias, just based on uh, you know watching the college football this season. But like, there's some players here that I, I, I don't. It's obviously not as deep as last year's class or even the class the year before that. But there's some players that I, I really like here and I think are going to have some sneaky value, like Frank said, early in the second round to middle of the second round. I think I, I actually think this class is deeper than last year. I just don't think the top end is anywhere near as Sure, deep. sure. It's just we don't have the, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, Kyle yeah. Pitts of the world in this yeah. class. I don't. I don't have the the frank capabilities of the producer, but I think I'd be hooking you two onto the bait because you're you're starting to take those nibbles. I just I think they're okay. I I just think we're going to see more of a twenty nineteen class, twenty nineteen draft class, than we are. Is that the David Montgomery, Miles, Jeff yeah, Jacobs class? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like that class did have he, Kyler though. Like that's that Kyler is better than any of these guys coming out. At least as a prospect, I don't know what will actually end up happening, but um, it's hard to like. There are guys that I like, but there's no one that like I'm really like gung ho about like I was last year with Chase and Pitts and everything. Like I just can't. Right, they don't, to... they well, don't I think last year it's easy to be gung ho about some of, those, some of those guys. Yeah, but I think we're gonna get that rude awakening of we were just spoiled these past two years where we had so many top top tier talent, especially at the wide receiver position. Even three years really, because you could count like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. Like these past three years have been really good at wide receiver, and we might not like. Don't get me wrong; I like these players. I just I think we're going to get a little too high on them. I, I think there's only they're only going to start going up in value from here. I don't know Devi that much, like, but I just know that people are going to be looking into these guys, and they're going to get the hype that they kind of deserve. But it's just it's not. It's not as good of a class, I think, as 2021 or 2020. Just because you don't like you don't have those top tier guys, and that means to me, two, three years from now, like they could be replaced. Or there could be another receiver that comes in and takes over their alpha share. Yeah. Speaking of one of the top guys in this draft class, though, uh Brees Hall. We talked about him briefly heading into this segment, but he's a guy that's Widely considered one of the top backs 
in the uh, in the draft this year, along with Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, uh, Kyron Williams in Notre Dame. So a bunch of guys, but he's a guy that I really like this season. He's continued his strong play that he's shown his entire collegiate career. Um, he scored a touchdown in every single week this season. He's 6'1", 210, I think, and he's just, you know, a physical guy, not afraid of contact, has the speed to get around the edge, and he's just absolutely – he's a guy that's going to go in the top – probably in the early second round of the NFL draft and definitely early in your, your rookie drafts coming up just just based on what he's done in the collegiate level alone. If he lands in one of the, you know, the top running back spots um, in the draft, I would be – I would say he'll probably be a top top half first round pick in your in, in your rookie draft this season. So keep an, keep a lookout for Brees Hall here. I think he's locked and loaded to be a top five rookie pick this year. I, I yeah. probably top three to be completely honest, unless something really drastic happens in in the um in the the combine. Because like I, I am really interested to see how he tests athletically. But outside of that, he he does really check a lot of the boxes as that. He's a good pass catcher, good around the edge, good between the tackles. It's, I really struggle to find a hole in his game, which is not which you don't say often with the running backs nowadays. So really, yeah, he's just the type of I've dude seen. that you can easily see getting twenty touches a game in the NFL. So I I think pretty damn good. I think with this class, like Holland Spiller are the clear cut. Two two top running backs, I think, and then I think you have a lot of. It, it's going to be like pick your guy kind of thing uh, at that point, and the draft will kind of determine uh, where the other players fall. But yeah, Brees Hall, I think, is the kind of guy that could be the bell cow. I like him more than I did, um, basically anyone of, of last year's running backs, um, including Javante. Uh, when we talk 2020 running backs, I, I would say he's probably lower on that list. But as far as the last year, I, I'd rather Brees Hall than any of the 2021 running backs. I think it's and fair. Spiller. Yeah, I, 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 I like Brees Hall. I, the one question I have with Brees Hall is, like I said, I just wonder how he is athletically. I, I'm not doubting him. I just want to see it. I want to see those. I want to see the elite level numbers compared to some of the other better running back prospects of recent but that doesn't mean that he can't even if he tests like someone like dalvin cook did right where dalvin cook wasn't the most physically gifted runner in the nfl he's probably below average especially for where he was taken in the draft but then he'll be locked and loaded for a second round pick probably land in a decent situation with a team that really likes him and still be a, a top end first round pick yep I really don't see a way he doesn't. He isn't a first-round pick in your rookie draft this year. I just don't see a way. I don't see a way that he's going outside of the like top seven. Yeah, he, like, not for not even first I, round. I'd probably consider him over most other like most quarterbacks. Um, I, I have to see where people get drafted. Like David Bell's a weird one where like the analysts aren't as high on him as like other people are. So I don't know what's going to happen with David Bell. I think I even then I still have Brees Hall over him. Brees Hall honestly might be like my 102. Uh, I think right yeah. now he's – it's him or Matt Corral to me that's the favorite for the <clears throat> 101. <clears throat> simply I because it like, has to be Corral and Superflex to be completely honest just based on the value. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say though is that 
right now, I mean, maybe it's just right now because of so many injuries, but like the running back talent in the league is wacky. Um, like, I'm not saying that there aren't good running backs. There's actually a lot of good running backs. It's just, it, it feels like it's hard to find consistency right now. Guys like Antonio Gibson were, were in the top eight at some point in the offseason where I feel like in years prior they, they would they would still be hyped young players, but they wouldn't be sniffing like that. You, know, you, you probably had people on Twitter who were saying, oh, Antonio Gibson, top five dynasty running back, right? Which is like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Um, whereas Brees Hall is the type of dude that you can easily picture him being like Le'Veon Bell, right? Where he's in a role where he's getting that that 18 carries and then a couple of dump-offs and whatnot. He's a locked and loaded RB1. Um, maybe I'm gassing him too much. I, I'm liking Brees Hall a lot. He has the pedigree. He, he's checking all the boxes right now. I think right now he'd be my 101. Oh. I can understand if you want if you want Corral, but I think that right uh, now with the with the running back landscape, it'd be him. I just think with him, thinking like further into it, I just think with Hall and Spiller, I, I like I like both of those guys, and normally I say talent over situation, but with these two guys, I just think they're like their talent's pretty sim talent level at least is pretty similar. That situation will likely dictate which I mean, one I would rather have. They're a little different skill set, those two players. I mean, yeah, that, that's well, why Spiller's, I said talent level. But. Spiller's more of a bruiser than than uh, Hall is, but uh, it's going to come down to fit and scheme that they that if it matches what they what they want to do. And I think obviously, if the team wants to just pound the rock, pound the rock, they'd probably go with you know the Isaiah Spiller type of player. But if they want to use a running back like a Le'Veon Bell, where they use him out of the backfield a lot. And you know, split them out wide. I think they're obviously going to go with Brees Hall here. So, do, do either do either of you guys think uh, Spill, Spiller or Hall is a first round pick? I have to see how they test. NFL teams yeah. are just not taking running backs in the first we round. We saw we saw two go last year, and Javante was damn close. Um, yeah. The, the thing I will say about Brees Hall is that it seems like a lot of these wide zone coaches are really starting to gear their their running back selections towards these um, versatile running backs. Like you saw a dude like J.K. Dobbins, who pre-draft was a consensus, like outside of Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins was in consideration for the best pure runner, right? It was like, okay, Swift was around there. Akers was around there, but I think that as a pure runner running back, the consensus was that J.K. Dobbins was the number two guy behind Taylor. And we saw him fly all the way down to a late second round pick. I think largely due to the fact that he sucked in the passing game. Um, like, and it, you know, you look at Najee and ETN last year, right? They're first round picks. They're, they're good running backs, but they were first round picks because they could catch the football and, and, and be dynamic in the passing game. That's, I think, that going to be the X factor for running backs in the draft. Is like, do you offer anything in the passing game? Yes or no? If it's not at an elite level to a point where I have a mismatch advantage, sorry, you're a second-round pick, bud. That's that's what bumped CEH up over three guys that I thought were clearly better running backs. Um, I mean, it makes you question mm -hmm. why Swift wasn't a first-round pick. And this is yeah, coming that's... from someone that doesn't like Swift, but he was <laughs> good in the passing game. Yeah. I'm... 
I'm just always against if I'm an NFL organization taking a running back in the first, but that's a different whole different. Yeah, generally discussion. speaking, yes. Yeah. But let's move on because right. we got my guy now. Yeah. All right. Who's your guy? Carson motherfucking strong, baby. Dude, I saw am that praying. <laughs> I am praying that Carson Strong finds his way into that juicy Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. I don't even like as like an, a, a fantasy prospect, I don't think he's actually all that good. Partly because my pro comp for him right now is like a Josh Rosen, um, <laughs> which is going to sound terrible. It's going to sound way worse than it actually is. Um, but they, they have a somewhat similar like profile to a certain extent. I think Carson who, Strong is a little better at pushing the ball vertically. Who was Josh Rosen comp to? Maybe just skip the Josh Rosen step and comp him to whoever. Josh Rosen's top um, two. I'm pretty sure I comped Josh Rosen to Jared Goff, so this is not looking too great right now. <laughs> 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 right, who is Jared Goff comp to? Um, Sam Bradford, shit. Uh, what's going on here? <laughs> no, I, I still really like Carson Strong. The thing about Carson Strong that I think is going to be enticing is that as of right now, now, this is, like, pre-the draft shit, and once we get into, like, December, January, February, like, all of a sudden the quarterback stuff is going to go left, right, center, all over the place, right? Um, but right now, it looks like Carson Strong is falling towards, like, the later parts of the first round in, in rookie drafts. Sometimes even into the second round. So I'm going to come out here and assume, hey, the Steelers trade up to Carson Strong. Let's just say this situation happens at like pick 12 or pick 11, pick 10, pick 9, somewhere around there. Or maybe we fucking end up with it. Who knows? Um, I would like Carson Strong at the late part of a of a of the first round of a rookie draft there. Maybe he goes above. I don't know. But I'm liking what I'm seeing right now out of Carson Strong. His stats are great for another year. 70% completion percentage, 2,500 yards. 20 touchdowns, four picks. He's literally the carry of Nevada. He went for like 500 yards and four touchdowns last game. I I like him. I don't know about you guys. I haven't watched a whole lot of Carson Strong tape, to be completely honest with you. Um, so I don't have much to say to say on this one. The thing, he just, he's a dude that, dude, he pushes the ball down the field. And that's what I want in quarterbacks. I don't want Dink Dunk McGee's. I want a dude who's going to take the top off a of defense and say, like that that Patrick Mahomes report that came out a couple of weeks ago where it was like he was in the quarterback meeting room and he was like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm chucking it deep, right? He, it was some sort of story about... It was like, know, was you, take the under, you take the, the under, the over, and he's like, nah, screw that, I'm taking the post. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going for the deep post. So along the lines of that, like, to me, Carson Strong is that kind of guy. He just... He's not going to give you the rushing yards. He's actually low-key kind of mobile compared to his stats in terms of, like, running around and shit. But. I, I, I just want to say, he went from Josh Rosen to Patrick Mahomes in a matter of two minutes. <laughs> okay, okay. We wanted to... To get, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. But, yeah, I'm messing with you. I, I, with me, it's going to be like a broken record, but it's whatever the NFL draft says about Carson Strong is likely going to dictate what I feel about Carson Strong. Like, if they pass on Carson Strong to the point of he's not even a first round pick, I'm passing on Carson Strong. That's he's a first round pick. A good strat. Yeah. 
<laughs> if if he's if he's a first round pick, I, I'll feel better about him. But I'm not even convinced he's a first round pick right now. So I oh, don't know. Come on, don't do my guy like that. Well, I, can, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what NFL teams feel about him. If they don't feel like he's a first round pick, I I don't know. It feels like I'm not going to be drafting. Oh, Mister NFL Scouts know what they're doing, JT. And they, <laughs> I'll tell you that I, most of the time they don't. But quarterback, they have probably like. That's the position you better get right. Otherwise, you're out as the GM in front office or whatnot. So, I mean, that's, dude, that, NFL scouts look like, as of right now, they got a pretty damn good last year. Like, yeah, we, we don't know. I mean, quarterbacks are a shit show, but outside of that, it's like, okay, yeah. good. I guess you guys get paid to do this for a reason. Like, <laughs> I mean, anyone could have watched Jamar Chase and been like, he's a good player. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, true, that's but... what that's what's funny about some of the victory lapping real quick before we move on to our next segment. It's like everyone's like, oh, told you Kyle Pitts was good. Uh, told you Enjoy. player Y was good. It's like, yeah, well, uh, so did everyone else. they were pretty good. <laughs> they were first round pick in the NFL draft. They were pretty good. I will I will say there's differences, though, between like a uh, if you had Jamar Chase over I don't know. I'm trying to give me like a. Well, see here. Here's like, the here's the thing we were talking about in in the Twitter group chat, JT, where it's like, okay, I don't even give a shit if you had Jamar Chase as your rookie wide receiver, like wide receiver three. Where did you have him in the overall? Because there was a dude, right? Because this is what I said to you, right? I had Jamar Chase my, as my wide receiver to this class, right? I look like an idiot. Go ahead, fine. I was wrong, but I had him as like wide receiver 15, 16, 14, somewhere around there overall, right? And some other guy on Twitter who was like, oh, uh, whatchamacallit, Jamar Chase is my wide receiver one in the class, this, that, and the other victory lap. I looked at his dynasty rankings, and, like, he also had him as overall wide receiver 15. So, like, congrats. You had him as your rookie wide receiver one, but that doesn't mean that you were higher on him than consensus. Like, that's where, to me, the victory lap gets out of, out of hand because JT was someone that, since day one, had Jamar Chase as a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Right, I I was hyping up to, uh, Devontae Smith in our home league group chat and whatnot, and being like he's the Heisman <laughs> to try and move Jamar Chase's stock down. But like that's work, the problem. But... Who cares if he's your rookie wide receiver one? Where do you have him in the overall? Because that's honestly what actually matters. Like, were you buying Jamar Chase over AJ Brown, over CD Lamb, over? Because that that's the price that he was going. I think he was consensus a little bit below that, but generally speaking, like that's the price that he was going around. So congrats. You had him rookie wide receiver one. Where was he in the overall? Everyone and their mother had the had Jamar Chase as the rookie wide yeah. receiver. Well, you, it's not that, it's nothing special. I, I think the more egregious one is Kyle Pitts. You could have Kyle Pitts as the tight end one of the, the rookie class, obviously, and you can have him as a top five pick in your rookie drive. You can even have him as a top four. But if you're saying, oh yeah, Kyle Pitts is my tight end five, like in, in Dynasty Star, well, congratulations. Like most other people probably had him right around there too. Like it's hard like after uh, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, like anyone could be there. So it doesn't really tell me much. So Yeah, it just pisses me off because like someone like you, and I imagine guys like Bean Counter and Fusu, whatever that, I forget his name, Fusu Vu, I think his name is. Yeah. Well, um, we don't know their rankings at all. Yeah, that's the thing though, is that we don't, yeah. I imagine because they were hyping them up so much that they probably had them as a top 10 receiver. 
Like they have to, dude. If they're if you're hyping them up and you're victory lapping that much, you have to, right? I would assume so. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what. I would like to are. assume, but you never know. But see, that's just that's my that's my hatred towards simple rookie rankings that it it doesn't tell the whole story. Um, yeah. Well, just with like Trevor Lawrence, he's everyone's quarterback one probably for the most part. And but you could have him as quarterback. I'm being a dead horse here, but. He could be from anywhere from like quarterback fifteen to quarterback like five. Yeah, like <laughs> did like, you have him over Joe Burrow or something? Yeah, that that's honestly what's more important than saying, "Oh, well, Najee Harris was my RB one." Okay, well, where were you taking him in a startup draft? Were you taking him at his ADP or were you below his ADP? Like, what if yeah. you're just lower on rookies in general? Well, then you, congrats, you might have landed him in a rookie draft, but that doesn't mean that you should be victory lapping like you you're an NFL scout or anything. Yeah, at the end of the day, like I, I just feel like it's not it's a problem that's not gonna change. <laughs> I think part of it is just Twitter, this. right? Yeah. Half of Twitter is just like, oh, go and buy player X. There there are definitely listeners right now being like, Oh, there they go on their Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have to <laughs> I, I agree. It's it's annoying. It's you know, there's certain accounts that have those, you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand followers that are all like, Look at me, I got this right. And it's like, you didn't get this right any more than anyone else did. Like, you didn't really stick your neck out for these players. Like, you, I don't know. You, you just followed consensus, essentially. Everyone's consensus. All right. Consensus Carl's out here, bro. <laughs> I mean, I almost have, not that I think, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going on. But like, it's not fine. That, we have plenty yeah. of time, dude. <laughs> not, not that I think Kadarius Tony is set in stone as a good player at all or anything, right? But like, if you were one of those guys who legitimately was like, yeah, like Kadarius Tony is my wide receiver two of this class. Like he's very good. Like there are very few of them, but those very few should be able to be like, yeah, like look, consensus had him as wide receiver seven. He's actually the wide receiver two in the class. Like I have him way higher all out, but there's just so few of those people. And that also didn't have like Jamar Chase as like wide receiver six. That like, I, I want to hear it. I, like, sure, you had Kadarius Tony at two, but you had Chase in the six. Okay, and, that yeah. that dude that was like, listen, I understand this being low on Jamar Chase. I was lower on Jamar Chase at consensus, um, at least in rookie drafts. Wide receiver six. There was so, like, six. there there were so many people <laughs> that, and this this is what gives the the people at Grind Film like a a tough. And it's not their fault, but there are people that are like, yeah, I watched the tape. Like, they probably saw highlight videos and whatnot. And we're like, yeah, Jamar Chase just can't separate. Uh, he's not going to be able to beat actual NFL corners, like, on, on this man-to-man level to get the ball. And it's just like, you clearly don't know what you're talking about then. But there, there's, like, that, that small but vocal minority of those people. Well, the problem are, with film, guys, is that they're – dude, you, like – it's like at least the analytics guys they're they're generally speaking all on the same page with the film guys you have some guys saying oh jamar chase has the best film i've ever seen and you have other film guys that are saying oh well jamar chase sucks ass it's like well obviously this is completely like bias (laughs) and 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 like there's no way that the film says both of that frank frank you posted in the in the Dynasty Reddit, I think you guys were talking about the 2020 running back class. And I forget which specific players you were talking about, but you put out your rankings of when you watched the film, what you thought these guys were as prospects. 
And this other guy just goes in the comments and I was like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> this is the worst I've seen. And it ended up like it wasn't like bad at all or anything. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, people were saying like I was a freaking idiot because I, I mean, I like Javante early on because I watched a couple of USC games and it's like, oh, dude, there's no way you can have Javante as your RB1. I mean, whether he is or isn't right now, there are plenty of people that ended up having him there. Um, I mean, the other thing, too, though, with Jamar Chase, at least I can say is like, I mean, he got a lot better from college. Like, that's clearly apparent, you know? Like, I can at least understand some of the people saying, like, oh, well, he couldn't separate or whatever. Like, well, he just got a lot fucking better. <laughs> you know, like, you look at – and also the Bengals are asking him to do a lot more now, too, right? And him and Burrow have, have are being asked to do a lot more complex things in the Bengals' offense where it's like, okay – depending on the leverage of the corner, he can either do a comeback or keep going on a go. Like, stuff like that wasn't in the LSU offense as much. It was more so just like, okay, must outside release go, Jamar Chase. If it's one-on-one, just chuck it up to him. Like, in the NFL, unsurprisingly, the concepts are more difficult, and, and we're seeing that happen. And Jamar Chase hadn't played football in, like, two years well, he got a lot better since he played a while ago, right? His routes are fucking insane now, dude. He's torching people. This is this is something like I didn't really consider, and it's a little bit off topic, but we're talking about the Bengals and Burrow. Did you see what Burrow said about like playing in the SEC and stuff? It's something that I I, I like knew in the back of my head, but didn't consider like a night game in like uh, in LSU, like Death Valley, or no, that's not that's Clemson, right? Well, yeah, a night yeah, game yeah, that's in LSU. LSU, a night, yeah, a night game in LSU though has to be way crazier than any Cincinnati Bengal game. Like, there's no oh, way yeah. since yeah, that's just something I never considered. Like the the atmosphere and like what's going on and and what people are chanting at you is so I different. Mean, it's only at those top top <laughs> SEC schools. Dude, JG, yeah, you're that's... telling me that a 1 p.m. game in Miami that atmosphere yeah. isn't tough to play. In? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in the back of my head, I recognize that, but like I just never like when they're like, yeah, like you know, we're in Baltimore at 1 p.m. Like the the stuff that these fans are yelling at is so different than like what's going on with these Alabama fans who live, breathe, breathe, die football. I, yeah, I could see why, you know, you transition to the NFL better. But yeah, drunk college students are pretty good at getting rowdy. <laughs> Just ask Lane Kiffin. Uh, all right, Lane I think Kiffin enough is time. A drunk college student. <laughs> enough rants about Twitter yeah. and and rookie rankings and whatnot. All right, new segment. Um, we're gonna be dropping some contender buys before the. Um, you know, trade deadlines happen in your leagues if you have them. Uh, we know we just talked about what the picks were worth and everything and what to get for picks. But if you truly believe you're a contender, we'll be probably breaking down a position group each week or, or looking to maybe if there's quieter weeks, we'll do that. So right now we got the tight ends. I guess I'll kick us off. I think Tyler Higby is actually a good buy. I don't really like Tyler Higby, too. Higby. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't like I can't even do that. I wish I could do that. I don't even like Higby that much. But it's just like first off, he's on the Rams with Matt Stafford, who's just looked very good so far on the Rams. I'm pulling up his schedule though, because that's what I'm actually interested in. Because if if you're making these buys for these like lower rated players, like we were talking about last year with certain guys, um you're going to want guys that have favorable playoff schedules, right? And a lot can change in the 
one thousand percent. That is like massive. It's like when you're if you're buying someone specifically for a playoff run, like that, that's especially for running backs. I think it's more apparent for running backs than receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks, yeah. but it still matters. I, I'm I'm just looking right here, right? It's looking like it's a you're giving me Higby for yeah, uh, like a he's in the void of the late second, early third, apparently on keep trade cut, which I think is right around where I'd value him. I totally toss a 2022 late second for Higby, who gets, um, I'm assuming playoffs are weeks 15, 16, 17 this year. That's a Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore matchup. Baltimore has been the worst team defending against tight ends, like by far. I don't know. I've been looking in for the stardom cinema. It's very interesting. It's kind of like how Arizona was last year, where it's like, if you have a tight end playing against this team, like they're going to give you good numbers. And I mean, it can change like, like we're talking about, but like tossing out that late second for Higby, who still will have value after this year. Um, I just, I don't think he's that bad of a dark throw. What's funny is that I, I do, I have not liked Tyler Higby for a large portion of not me neither. <laughs> Okay. I, don't. I still don't like Tyler Higby. The thing is, though, is I can at least respect JT's argument in that he is he's not priced like a Dalton Schultz. No. He's not priced like sure. one of these dudes that could be a Dalton Schultz. And I think Higby, like, situation check, um, how they use him in the offense. I mean, he's kind of just like the bigger Cooper Cup. And obviously, Cooper Cup is a better player right and is going to get more targets and whatnot but if you look at the game against the lions last week dude they teams are just saying okay fuck you cooper cup we are going to straight up calvin johnson bracket your ass and make someone else beat us uh, which then leads to a lot like if they're if they're going to play like a pattern matching zone then tyler higby like is kind of the next guy up because if they're going to play off man they're usually going to van jefferson or or, or um robert woods but if you're going to play a pattern matching zone and then have a natural bracket or try to shift your defensive formation to bracket Cooper Cup in that zone, then it's Tyler Higby who's the guy that gets a lot of those targets. So that could easily be a really good contender buy. He, he's 10th in targets this year, and all the guys above him are the guys that you would have to pay like a, a good yeah, amount for. That, yeah, yeah, it's not worth so that's why I, I think that's a really good buy. If you if you, you. if executed correctly, good 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 one, JT. Thanks. So, I'll give <laughs> myself a pound back. It's been a while. <laughs> why do you encourage him, Frank? You can't encourage him. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna go with mine. I'm, I'm going with my buy, and this is more so as kind of a buy in general than necessarily a contender buy. But I'm gonna go with George Kittle. Oh my god! Simply be- because <laughs> of the fact that. Dude, this guy was the consensus, not necessarily consensus, but pretty damn close to the tight end one not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And just because I feel like mainly because of recency bias and then the emergence of a guy like Kyle Pitts, who's like the flashy young guy on the scene, right? New is always better. Um, Kittle's kind of been kicked to the curb a little bit. And if you're able to get him for his keep trade cut value – which apparently he is close to Marquise Hollywood Brown. Oh my God! In value, that. I don't think you'll actually be able to get that. But if you're somehow able to do something along the lines of that, being able to move a Mike Williams into a, a George Kittle, and especially not in tight end premium league, you're gonna have to shell up. Regardless, I think when Kittle comes back, we're gonna see it, dude. He could be 
fire because right now that 49ers offense needs a playmaker and they are missing their boy George Kittle. I like I agree, but do the injuries not concern you? Not really. I, I mean he missed most of Jake, last year. Jake, if there's one missed. dude to buy to buy an injured player, who do you think it is? <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking me. All right. <laughs> yeah, I I'm less concerned about the injuries. I'm more concerned about freaking Shanahan and what Shanahan does with this offense. Yeah. yeah, but dude, there's no way that Kittle's getting in anyone's doghouse. That guy does everything. But they, yeah. they kept him in the block a lot, which I don't like. like. The other thing, too, is what happens with Trey Lance. Because I have to think, I have to think the that the offense has to be starting Trey Lance by Yeah, but like, could that be an injection into the offense? Because yeah, he, here's the thing with Trey Lance that I like. Once Trey Lance get acclimated and is, is developed a little bit as a passer is that right now, like one of the reasons that Mark Andrews is popping off and why we saw Rashad Bateman get a lot of production in the last game is that the threat of Lamar Jackson running sucks those linebackers up. So even when you, you, know, when you do like a play action boot, once those linebackers realize it's play action, right, they're bombing back, backpedaling into their zones. But then once Lamar rolls out and even like slightly acts like he's going to run the ball, those dudes start to get a little flat-footed and leaning forward. And then Lamar just puts it right over their heads. Last game it was Bateman. And a couple of games it's been Mark Andrews who's gotten a lot of production out of plays like that. That could easily happen with this 49ers team. With, we, with- we just we just need Trey Lance to get over the linebackers and into Kittle's hands and not 10 feet over Kittle, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, might, we might have to wait a little bit for it. <laughs> once, once he gets that down, it's going to yeah. be fun. <laughs> once he gets that down. <laughs> hey, look, I like Trey Lance, too, but like, we, gotta, we, gotta, we might have to wait a little bit for that. But yeah, I, I think it's saw, especially if you're telling me, I, I can't imagine people are trading actually. Oh, there's no way. Brown. There's no but way. It, like, even if you could spin to me a, a first on top of a Hollywood Brown kind of feels like a lot, but like a second on top of Hollywood Brown, I'd smash that still too. I don't, JT, <clears throat> when Bean Counter tweeted out those tweets that were within the past two weeks for Kyle Pitts, I think oh. anything's fucking possible, all right? <laughs> well, what were those? I saw those and I had no. I can't who's imagine. doing that? Who's trading Kyle Pitts for CEH right now? It, it was it was after CEH is injured too. Like who's who's doing? You want to know who did that? The dude that listened to me saying now is the time to sell CEH because for some reason this price isn't going to go down because of the injury. That's true. But uh, <laughs> you're telling me did I did not sell- expect that kind of result. <laughs> <Yeah. sir. laughs> you're telling me I. That. I can move CEH for Kyle Pitts. CEH would have been so gone. I would have been. I would have driven him to. I would have driven my little phone to the airport to then go find the guy to give him like the, to accept the offer. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, my thumb would have been through the accept button. Like, yeah. all right, who's yours? Uh, my 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 uh, contender by the tight end position is Mike Gesicki. Uh, he's a guy that kind of started the season slow. I think that was partially due to, you know, Jacoby Brissett playing quarterback here. Uh, now with Tua back the past two weeks, yeah, I think he's had 12, 12 targets in both games. He's had touchdowns in both games. Um, he's starting to really pick it up. He's a guy that is basically a big wide receiver playing tight end. Um, and I think as long as Tua is healthy, or even if they make a trade for Deshaun Watson, his value 
he's only going to go up from here. He's a guy, I think he's currently, after his past last two weeks, is up to actually tight end three on the season. So uh, for, you know, mid-second in this upcoming draft, which is what he's at currently on uh, keep trade cut, I think that's a pretty good buy for me. He's a weird one for me because he's he's athletic. He's one of the the few athletic like can can catch like you're saying. But also like we've seen it in recent years, and maybe it's just the development of Gasicki, or it's the lack of Will Fuller, it's the lack of Devonte Parker, it's the lack of Preston Williams. Not that Preston Williams matter a whole lot, but we've seen it before that when the Dolphins were fully healthy, Gasicki like struggled to produce. So does a full, healthy Dolphins team mean good production from Gasicki? I don't know. But I mean, I'm not I mean the past two that. weeks, Tua at least has really relied on the tight end position. He's even Durham Smythe has been pretty consistent the past two weeks as well. He's used both his tight ends, and I just think Gasicki's the better one, the better pass catching option, obviously here and. It, these Dolphins are going to be playing from behind in a lot of games, and I think you're going to see a lot of balls down the middle up the seam to, to their tight end. Yeah, I mean, for, for what you're saying, like you could trade him for, like or you could trade for him, I, I'd do that. Early I, second gets a little tough for me, but mid-second, yeah. I was watching that Dolphins game last <clears> week because I took the Dolphins' money line, sadly. And, um, <laughs> dude, they, I remember, like, you know, there's a play they throw it up to to Mike Gusecki, where he makes he literally just mosses the shit out of one of the Falcons linebackers, and they did a, a a play a couple plays later, I'm pretty sure, where they throw it up to Preston Williams and he just gets bitched. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> why the hell are you just not? If you're gonna do a 50-50 ball, make it with Mike Gusecki. God damn, Mike Gusecki is a Williams. giant guy. He's like six seven. Um, I will say, if you were someone that bought Mike Gusecki this off season. That is a league-winning-esque move. Because you could have got him for pennies. I was trying to sell Mike Gusecki in one of my leagues, and I I didn't get an offer for him. And I trade-blocked the motherfucker like four times, sent him out for seconds, got rejected. Dude, if you could have bought him for pennies and gotten a tight end wand out of the deal. I think, like Jake said, this isn't my favorite buy, I mean, buying tight ends is never going to be great, right? Unless you're buying one of the top-tier flashy guys. But I still think because the, there's still a decent amount of Gesicki hate going around, um, and because it's the Dolphins, that you could get a deal done around a second-round pick, maybe a little bit more. And it could... his, his keep trade cut chart, I don't know which way I'm, I'm facing, but let's pretend like I'm going the right way. It goes like, whoop, doop, and now it's going back as a, a, a doop. <laughs> like... The time you were trying to sell him was the, the worst time and the best time to buy Gasick. Um, but like, I still don't think that he's getting a ton of hype or anything. I, I do think that he still could be bought yeah, for a reasonable he, price. He, he's basically like a little bit below right now where he was at the end of last season, basically, which is where people had him hyped a lot still. So. Yeah, I, I think I think he can go up from here. You you'll have to pay up now, but it's doable. It's just I'm not willing to give up a first. No, uh, no. I wouldn't give up a first yeah. either. But but I don't know if the the person who has him in your league is going to try. Like I, I think they're going to try and finagle a first out of you. 
I'd sell I mean, him for less than a first. I have Mike Gesicki in a league. I think a second is a pretty fair price for him. Obviously, if it's, you know, 211, 212, one of those projected super late ones, you might have to add a little something. But other than that, I think a, a mid I, I would probably go for a little bit more than a second. Unless it like unless it's one of the really early ones like projected, I would probably try to go for a little bit more. But it's not like anything crazy. So you do a pick swap or something, you could get him. And so I mean, that's if you're a contender. That's like, oh, I need a, I need a tight end. Right. Um, I want to do study on this, but there's a big void between players who are considered to be worth the late first and players who are considered to be worth. In early second, and I think that's yeah, a perfect spot is, where the there, there's crazy. a big gap. Yeah, and I think that's a spot where you could start stonking and maneuvering and day trading those kind of players. But it's um, a risky business. Though. Yeah, I actually I, I have I that defined that in study. my rankings. Um, where we're going to be talking about a guy in our next segment that fits that bill perfectly right now. All right, should we move on then? Yeah, let's, let's do on. it. All right, so. <laughs> You want to introduce the segment, Frank? <laughs> um, okay, so this is what I wrote in our in our doc. I said, QBs to fucking sell now, you mother bitches. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> the segment in lack of act for actual words is QBs that we think their situation could or will change, and should you buy, sell old or sell them for literally anything like a dirty shoelace. Yes. That's the segment. That that that's right. it. That's the segment. Right. <laughs> so kicking it off like so we use the we've seen recently that keep trade cuts not as accurate I think as it used to be. So this is gonna be a little we're gonna have to maybe play around with the stuff here. But we're kicking it off with Jared Goff. Obviously Detroit Lions are 0 and 7. He's currently ranked around a late second on Keep Trade Cut. We, across the board, have a sell on him. So that does... Oh, Jared Goff? You guys have hold Oh, no, here. sorry, sorry, sorry. I have hold, yes. Sorry, I'm looking yes. at the next guy. I'm, look, I'm looking at the hold. next guy. Are you yeah. guys seeing this in our rebuild league? There's like nine trades going on. What is happening? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on in that league. I could do a quick check. Um, but while I'm looking... I just think the thing with Jared Goff is I'm not convinced even if they have, like, yeah, they have a first-round pick, but are they going to go with Matt Corral? I'm always the per- I'm always the proponent of you take quarterback, but, like, if they're not loving it, like, they can they can move out of that first overall pick. Um, I'll, uh, who did it? The Browns was Car- well, Carson, Carson Wentz wasn't. But the, the Browns. Jared were. Goff. Jared Goff. The Browns didn't move off Jared Goff, though, right? The Browns moved off Carson Wentz. Is that right? Am I saying that right? I'm pretty sure the Browns moved off Carson Wentz with the Eagles. And they got a lot of good stuff, yeah. So Yeah, they got a nasty I, I I could see the Lions doing this because the Lions need a little bit of everything. And I think if you want to punt and wait for 2023 to go and pick that quarterback, I don't hate it for the Lions. Normally, I'm also, a proponent of always go line, uh, quarterback, but when you have the 101 and you can literally command whatever for that pick, well, yeah, like if you can get a haul, like you're right. Yeah. Why not? Well, I, aren't they? Get, I mean, they're going to be paying golf no matter what. I'm pretty sure. At that yeah, point. They, they, golf yeah. has dead cap space if you know if you cut them. So. All right, what went down there? Here's the problem I have with Jared Goff, and the reason why I am saying I would sell him for a second round pick. I would, 
at this point, unless I was like really starving for quarterbacks, um, I would be looking to sell. Ah, it's it's not like a hard sell, right? I'm not selling him for the dirty shoelace. I'm just looking to sell him for value. Is because, dude, what what are you giving me out of Jared Goff that's better than fucking Taylor Heineke right now? That's the problem. Well, I mean, we could talk about some of these guys later. I just think like a lot of the guys that you could trade. Oh, there goes something. What the hell's going on? <laughs> a lot of the guys. Uh, a lot, a lot of the guys, um, Jared Goff, um, like the levels around Jared Goff, like I'm not very convinced that they're going to have a starting job next year. I mean, we're going to look at a few of them in a little bit. Um, so, well, it's just even if Jared just, Goff does have a starting job as mm-hmm. of right now, and even the lines next year, it's like, is he going to be even a QB two? Or he's just going to be a bottom 10 quarterback, it seems like. So, at first he was doing all right. Maybe if the Lions consistently keep getting down in games and he can get some garbage time, maybe I'll switch to a hold like with you guys. But I would definitely be throwing out some offers to see if I could just get value for Jared Goff. If I had a couple of quarterbacks already. The problem with Jared Goff is the Goff owner isn't going to sell for this late late second value just because it's like Frank said, it's not worth it. Like you're not going to find a starting quarterback much cheaper um, that, that potentially will have a job next year, put it that way. So it's just one of these things. You're just going to have to ride it out. I'm so on and off with Jared Goff, dude. It's just like, because the problem with Jared Goff is that his bad games are like, dude, oh, really they're bad. atrocious. Like, no hope. No hope type of bad games. And that's the problem with Daniel Jones, too. We're going to get into him. It's just like, dude, you you look at his bad games and you question how he got <laughs> to the NFL. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's we can move on. This year, but that's yeah. fine. We, we can move off Goff right now. We could go to, I think this guy is very interesting. Jalen Hurts. I think he's been a quarterback one in every single game he's played so far this season. I believe he is the only fantasy player to score over 20 points in every single game this season. Definitely possible. I'm not going to look that up, but I'm just going to take your word for it. Um, I still think a sell. (laughs) I think a sell. And the reason I think a sell is they have three first-round picks, and they're all currently projected to be in the top half of – of the draft next year. Now, does that mean they go quarterback? Like, is Jalen Hurts much worse than any of these prospects? I don't necessarily think so, but those firsts can mean you trade for another quarterback. Uh, Allen, uh, Allen, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think Deshaun wants to go to Philly, right? Not that, like, Deshaun would be a pick, but, like, they're, they're I think just, he. I think he rejected them. Yeah. I think he's like the only team that, <laughs> that yeah. he rejected. Kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only team. He was just like anywhere but Philly. <laughs> I don't know why too, because I think he was okay with going to the Jets before, which is nuts to me. He was okay going to the Jets. Yeah. All right. So whatever. <laughs> but um, that is so there, funny. there's. There's a lot of questionable things about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> um, bad, bad. Okay. Um, J- Jalen Hurts. 
I just uh, Philly's got to look and be like, all right, is this guy a winner or is he not? And I don't know. Like I currently don't think he's a winner. So he's also. The thing that I have about Jalen Hurts is that he is a better fantasy quarterback Mm -hmm. than actual quarterback. He's a guy that's take there, Jake. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what everyone said. I'm not saying it's a hot take. I'm just stating a fact. So, like, obviously, (laughs) the hate I get. The hate I get. Frank's dying over there. (laughs) He's literally up. If you're listening to the podcast, Frank's walk off. I mean, yeah, Jake, Jake just echoed every single person's sentiment in fantasy football. I don't think there's anyone out there who's telling you that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than a uh, fantasy quarterback. But, yeah, well, get to your main point. What's your main point? My main point is that despite him putting up good fantasy numbers week in and week out, the Eagles are still 2-5. and five. Like, it's the, the team's not winning games, and that's just going to lead to the potential for them to make a move for a more elite quarterback or even just a top prospect quarterback, whether that's, like you said, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to go there. If they make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. They have the capital to do so just based on all the first-round picks that they have. Okay, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, right? Because what if Jalen Hurts is a bridge quarterback. Like, yes. at that point, I don't give a fuck if he's on the Eagles or not long-term. If he ends up going to, let's just say Denver loses the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, Drew Locke is still too busy memorizing the the (laughs) rap lyrics to songs instead of playing quarterback, and they're like, you know what? Let's sign Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts goes in there, wins the job, and a better offense that is not coached by someone like Nick Sirianni. All of a sudden, he's still doing his Jalen Hurts bullshit where he's finagling himself into, like, the number one quarterback in fantasy football for another year. And you're like, well, Jalen Hurts is still a better fantasy quarterback than real-life quarterback. And then, you know, Denver is stuck in mediocrity like they usually are unless they land Aaron Rodgers. And then Jalen Hurts is like, you know what? Here I'm going, the Carolina Panthers go and draft some shitty quarterback or they trade for another Sam Darnold, and they're like, you know what? Let's sign Jalen Hurts. We can change him. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts gets another shot, and Jalen Hurts does his usual bullshit where he's like, okay, I'm going to run for 100 yards and a touchdown, pass for another 150 yards, and we still stink. But he just kind of keeps bridge quartering back him, himself <laughs> into success. Yeah, that point, You're giving me too many You get the... One is too many ifs, and you're just giving me, you know, uh, Fitz Magic vibes here. You know what? The like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just thought of something. I think Jalen Hurts is a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real life quarterback. And <laughs> really, I think that's very what? profound. <laughs> now, no, but my my actual point is, yeah, a lot of ifs. And the other thing too is, it, Lunas, our Eagles apologist, who will get any Eagles player ever, is trying to hedge Jalen Hurts already. Like, he's trying to trade for other quarterbacks that he thinks will be, you know, more consistent and have a longer career in future. He's out here Jaylen trying Hurts. to trade for the, you want to know what the move Eagles is? quarterback. Yeah. The move is to sell Jalen Hurts and then buy him once he gets cut. Or I, traded I, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's fair because – the thing is, I think it goes two ways with Jalen Hurts, right? Like, 
I just don't think he ever hits that Lamar Jackson level. Obviously, that's super high. But so the, where we have him right now at that late first, it either tanks or it goes up like slightly to like a mid first. Like I think that's the the where where we're at with Jalen Hurts currently. Like because even if he does cement himself as the starter, which it's going to take a lot for him to do so, people are still going to say like, oh, like he can't do this, he can't do that. To the point of, at that point, I'd rather just re-roll on that mid first. Okay, but since we're all saying sell, like, are you selling him for like a mid second right now, or are you just gonna hold him at that point? I think that that's one of the problems with Jalen Hurts is that he's valued as a late first, right? He's a great quarterback for fantasy, but no one is out there saying, "Oh yeah, can't wait to buy Jalen Hurts at my first round pick." I really doubt. Okay, maybe there are a couple of people. But I'm not one of those guys. I imagine that most people aren't. And the other factor is that, like, dude, Jalen Hurts is, like, he's, like, a, the kind of player you want on your football team at the end yeah. of the day. Like, he's the type of dude that, like, he works really hard. He's a locker room kind of a guy. You know, everyone that's worked with Jalen Hurts has only had rave reviews about him and been like, yeah, this guy is, like, easily one of my favorite football players I've ever coached. Jalen Hurts or Zach Wilson, Frank? <laughs> Jalen Hurts is ranked above Zach Wilson on Keep Trade Cut. By a decent amount, too. <laughs> we got him to walk off set twice there. <laughs> I, know. I think he just probably didn't get his steps in today, to be honest. He just... <laughs> Frank didn't leave that chair today. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got to record a podcast for an and hour and a half. You guys wonder... Why I question keep trade cut? What the fuck? I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think I. I truly believe it is easier to trade for Zach Wilson than Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. Okay, just, I have some trades to offer. Yeah, well, go, <laughs> I go ahead. I, I mean, I, I could I could ramble on for a little bit while you do it because I just think. You, if we just take this small seven-week sample size, we've literally seen a guy finish as a quarterback one seven straight weeks, and we've seen a rookie quarterback struggle tremendously. And it's just recency bias, sure, but at the same time, Jalen Hurts hasn't played that many games other than these seven games either. So maybe what we're seeing is what we're going to get, which is good fantasy, not good real life, like uh, like Jake profoundly said earlier. <laughs> yeah, but the the, the problem oh. with, with, with quarterbacks, though, is that, um oh, yikes, this is the worst trade I've ever seen. Dude, I got offered a trade. Russell Wilson and Carderis Tony for Ben Roethlisberger, a first oh, yeah. and a second. Yeah, that's a fat nope. decline. Dude, another trade completed in, it, in our rebuild what, league. What is going on? Was that one QB or two? That's super flex. Oh, yeah, that's, that's horrendous. Um, All right, moving on, though. I mean, Jalen Hurts is probably one of the most interesting, right? Because I feel like everyone... Yeah. Yeah. But someone else who is interesting is Daniel Jones. Because I don't know where Frank's, I guess, going to... I mean, he could fall right in the middle, probably. But I'm at a sell for Daniel Jones. Maybe even a hard sell for Daniel Jones. Frank's at a buy. I mean, not... No, Jake's at a buy. Jake's at a buy. Jake's at a buy. And... I guess I could just kick it off here where my, my concerns about Daniel Jones and maybe... Jake can try and sway me the other way. Uh, it's just, I don't think Gettleman's going to 
maintain being the GM. Like this Giants team just isn't winning. Like I, I think they're going to have to make that change. Then you're bringing in a new ownership group or new GM group, sorry, front office. That's what I'm looking for. That's the word. And they have no loyalty to Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones has shown some flashes, but not nearly enough to make you think that's the guy I want to rebuild around. That's the guy that I want to, you know, stake my career on as this new front office guy. And to me, that's similar to Sam Donald last year. I think that's just Daniel Jones this year. They're going to be like, all right, we're, we're good. We've seen what we want to see. We're just going to go in a different direction. We're not going to do the whole sunk cost thing with you. Yeah, I mean, that is the concern that people have with Daniel Jones is the Giants are 2-5 and five and are looking and have two first-round picks next year that are both looking to be top 10 at this moment. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, they have the draft capital to make a trade. They have the draft capital to move up to, to get the quarterback they want. And, like you said, it'll likely be a new front office group that isn't tied to Daniel Jones at all. With that being said, the issues with the Giants this year have not been Daniel Jones related. They have not. They've had so many other issues. The defense can't stop anybody um, besides for Sam Darnold last week, which was just shows how I feel about <laughs> Sam Darnold. Um, and then his entire, every weapon on the offense is hurt once again between Galladay, uh, Shepard, Slayton, Tony, uh, Sa- Barkley. Tony, Saquon, every single weapon. You're, you're down to your practice squad weapons here. Um, the you had Dante line, Pettis going out there. Exactly. <laughs> <He's showing up. laughs> exactly. The, the offensive line is very questionable at best. I mean, there's just so many holes on this team to, to stack up on top of this isn't a great quarterback class. Um, so I, I just think they're going to – Daniel Jones will get another shot. And when he's played, he's put up good fantasy numbers because, like, similar to Jalen Hurts, he runs the ball a decent amount. He – passes the ball a decent amount, and he ends up putting up a decent fantasy day most times. So he's a guy that I think you can get for, you know, an early to mid-second, and he's worth that price because I do think he will be the quarterback next year for the Giants. I just can't imagine. Like, are people actually giving up that kind of price, that, that for Daniel Jones? I mean, if you can get him for even cheaper, great. That's my point. Yeah, uh... Look, if I, I'm thinking if I could sell him for that price, I'm yeah. See, Daniel Jones. I just I don't think Daniel Jones is a starter. It's like almost, I'm almost positive he's not a starter two years from now. And to me, that's get out now before it's too late. Maybe. Frank, what do you think? Dude, I don't know what to think with Daniel Jones, man. Um, I think for. First off, like if early second means 201 or 202, I'd probably sell Daniel Jones for like a good receiver prospect. Sure. It, but I really su- doubt that that happens. Early, that's super early in the second round pick. I agree. I wouldn't give up. But if you're talking, you know, 204 to 207, some pick in there. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. I'm thinking more hold there. I actually think, I mean, I could, I have to look at it again, but I think when I was looking at keep trade cut, he was one of those guys that fell into the void of, he was between the, the, late first and the early second. And that means an early second to me. So I, I think I'm yeah. firmly in the like hold Daniel Jones category. I really doubt that you're going to get a buyer to make it worth selling Daniel Jones outside of some really interesting circumstances. All right. 
Um, let's move on to the, another interesting guy, Tua. Um, Frank's got the sell tag on him. Jake and I have the buy tag on Tua. He's currently ranked on keep trade cut around the late first. Um, I don't know. I just it's weird with this Dolphins organization. I I I almost made to a hold, but I do think he's still a buy at this point in time. Just because I don't see any quarterbacks coming out that are going to be any better than Tua. I don't see any. Um, what is it called? I don't see it, other than Deshaun Watson possibly ending up there. I don't see what the Dolphins do otherwise to get a better quarterback than Tua there. It's just I I think he's the Dolphin. If the Dolphins are smart, I think that's who you commit to, and that's who you build your organization around. But I don't think <laughs> I just said out loud. Yeah, I just I just said out loud. Yeah, as soon as I said out loud, I kind of just realized. Oh wait, we're talking about the Dolphins. Like I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I might be having buyer's remorse right now if I just um, bought Tua. Um, I'm going, I'm I, I'll sell Tua for like any first round pick I can get. I, I think that I'd rather just move into someone that's cheaper and I could get similar production. I, I'll miss out on the upside because I understand that Tua is still a good prospect. I don't think Tua is a bad quarterback. I just, I really think that he's average at best. So I'd rather have the first round pick. Right. But I, I personally think the Tua hate right now is almost gone too far to an extent. So like this is a good time to buy. What? I'll agree, just... I agree with that. I agree with that. I I do not think that you will get a first round pick for Tua a lot. Not a, I think you could in some leagues. You couldn't in some other leagues. I would be on the first round pick side of the deal if possible. But from consensus, I agree with Jake. I think the hate has gone too far to the point where if you could pick him up for less than a first, I will buy for that. I mean, people are saying that if he get, you know, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, like they're acting like Tua's career is over. Like I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it might be good for his career to get away from this organization, go somewhere that's more competent. That has one offensive coordinator that's good instead of trying to have two that are both bad. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. That's very true. Um, Kind of just knocked me off whatever I was about to say. I I just think with Tua, it's like. Like, who's, who are you getting that's better than Tua any other way? Oh, this is what I was going to say, right? We have Tua right now ranked as a late first. Daniel Jones is ranked as an early second. Like, if I can move Daniel Jones in just a little bit actually to get Tua, like, I just don't think that's – that's why I'm saying it. I just don't think you could do that. Like, yeah, exactly. Out, I agree out with here you actually, that. That's why I'm saying Tua is a buy because, like, who's – Who's trading Daniel Jones on a little bit for Tua? But if you could do so that, that so right. I think I think that Daniel Jones is more so around a mid second, and then two is in the void where a contender and you know it changes a little bit if it's a six point passing touchdown league because then the quarterbacks are boosted even a little bit more. So I think you will get a first round pick in those leagues, and it and if if you're a real ass contender and you have a nasty roster and you know that that's going to be a one twelve or a one eleven. Go ahead, buy Tua. I think that's a good move and worth the risk. Outside of that, though, I don't want to trade my first for Tua. Fuck that. I'd <laughs> much rather go and, and finagle the second-round picks for someone else. Who who would you rather have, Tua or Baker? That's actually a really interesting question because I was thinking about that. I think I'd rather have Baker. 
I think I would too. And if I could, and I think keep trade cut currently has Tua ranked a little bit above Baker. So to that point, I think uh, if I could pivot into Baker, I think that might be. You wonder what the problem is? You need to combine Tua and Baker. You just need to like morph them into one player and then you'd have a really good quarterback. <laughs> That's true. I, yeah. What's interesting is both have been hindered by injuries by coordinators and coaching staffs and um, lack of weapons. Well, see, the Browns players. finally seem to have some kind of. Stability and that's yeah. And then he goes good. and gets injured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I I, th- I personally think that if I can get a re-roll on Tua and get something similar to what I spent on him in draft capital, I would take the re-roll. I yeah. I just don't think you're getting that though, because Tua is like I don't know a fourth overall, fifth like one hundred four, one hundred five. In, in rookie drafts, even 103 at times. Yeah, not necessarily that price, but I think if you can get something similar, um, like a, a, a an actual random first, right? Something that's not guaranteed to be the 11th or like a championship-level first-round pick. So so say this team, it, it's literally a startup. You just finished your startup. Everyone's about equal. Like, you don't know where teams are going to end up. Yeah, you I'd trade them the for a 2023 first? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely would too. I just don't know if you're getting that at this point in time. I All think right. it's, it de- it's league dependent. I think in some leagues you could get a pretty random ass first and others you're not going to be able to. It really depends on if your league has two apologists or not. Two. Jake's one of those. <laughs> Me, to some extent, I might be too. Uh, but... The dude finally is healthy and he's putting up big games left and right, albeit the Dolphins are losing games, but it's not all his fault. It's definitely <laughs> not all his fault. All right, let's move on to Matt Ryan. Um, currently a late second on keep trade cut. Frank's got buy. Jake's got to sell hard. I've got to sell. Uh, I don't know. Like Kyle Pitts, Calvin really kind of have made him look a little bit better the past few weeks. I think he's actually start this week on my stardom cinema. I have to look again. Um, he's another one, though, that like I, I think this could be his last season. I, I don't know about I guess Frank doesn't think that if you're spending a late second for him, right? No, I don't, I don't think that this is the last season of Matt Ryan. I think that the last couple of games he's actually played really well. Um, I'm not. I really don't think it'll be in Atlanta. But I'm not. I, I'm not going to act like I know what the hell is going to go on with Matt Ryan. As of right now, if I'm a contender. I would like to spend a second round, uh, that late second round pick on Matt Ryan. I think it's a realistic deal to get done. Like you're saying with Goff, like, oh, he's worth a late second. Most leagues, I do not think you'll be able to pick up Goff for a late second, whereas Matt Ryan, you could pick up for a late second. That's someone that I would be willing to pick up um, as a contender to play for me this year and then possibly give me some upside of a couple of years down the road as well. I, I just, I just think he's yeah. Done. <laughs> I just think he's we're just kind of yeah, we're kind of said. Uh, I think I, I, he's just a guy that, I, like Frank said, I think it's realistic you can get a contender second for and get the deal done pretty pretty easily. Um, but he's just a guy that, similar to like Big Ben, I just don't don't see. I think this is very close. Uh, to I, I will say Matt Ryan, I think will at least be productive this year, and Big Ben, I just. He's just not currently, and I just don't really see that changing. So I could, I could see. That's why we we took Big Ben off this because he just, you know, whatever on him. 
But Matt Ryan, I, I could see that. But he's kind of in the same realm as this guy that I think will transition to, where it's like, I, I think you've probably had him for a while at this point, and they're probably just going to end up like retiring on your roster, which I think you have come to terms with. And the other guy that I'm referencing is is Tom Brady, who's actually currently rated as a late first. And I have a sell. Frank has a hold. Jake has a sell. In reality, I think it's probably a hold, like because I'm assuming the reason you still have Brady is he's a contender. But I don't know. I, I'm like you said. I'd I'd rather just let Brady ride out. Yeah, he's I'm just gonna, gonna end up. If Brady's playing, I want him on my team. Therefore, I'm holding. Yeah. Oh, like, I, yeah. I could go ahead and try to sell him right now, thinking that he'll retire next year. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen with Tom Brady, and I also just don't think that many people are going to be giving up a first round pick for him. Maybe I, I don't really know. I, I have not seen that trade happen. To be honest, I don't think I've seen Brady get traded in like any of my leagues anytime recently. I think everyone is kind of firm holding him for right now. He's putting up great numbers. He's in a sick offense. And you're probably just not going to get an offer that's worth moving him. We um we had Lunas in chat also. I just checked. Um, <laughs> he, of course, he mentioned that um, Kadarius Tony will save Daniel Jones's career the way Odell did Eli. <laughs> which, <laughs> even when he's not on the episode, he's still getting some Tony talking. Um, he also said that Tua has a higher upside, but Baker he feels safer with, and that the contract is going to play a big factor, and it's hard to trade. Um, yeah. All right. That's updates with Lunas. We got no. The contract is going to be hard to trade with Matt Ryan. He's saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan. Yeah. He's just going to get released. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if you're. If you're not committed to Matt Ryan, you think he sucks. Yeah, you're just going to eat the dead cap yeah. a year and cut him. I mean, it's also like a certain, like, you know, it's it's a kind of a respect thing, too. He spent the whole time there. You're not going to send him to a team he doesn't want to go to. Like, How does that work with him. who's paying for, like, do the NFL teams have a say in how much that they pay for a specific contract? Like, is that a negotiable part of a trade or is that set what by the trade mean? itself or by the contract itself? So like, like, like Zachers Rams... just got traded, I'm pretty sure. And I think the Eagles are taking part of his salary. Yeah, how does that work? When, is that, when they say the that, the e- basically all the dead cap still goes to the Eagles, but no, no, they're I just understand sending that. straight up. They're just paying the contract for him and taking him off the roster. But that's negotiated in the trade. That's not something that's said. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. Sam Darnold, um, we're all selling him. <laughs> really two hard. of us are me and Jake are selling him for the dirty uh, yeah, shoelace. I, I was just too lazy to put sell for the shoelace, but I'm in the Okay, same so thing. we're all selling him for the dirty shoelace. <laughs> at an he, early second. I think people got fooled by his first few games against really easy defenses. I, I don't think any of us really did here. But just super easy defenses. Obviously, CMC being out shows kind of like he can't dump it off as much. There's not as much dynamic playmaking abilities. Like, but the thing is, you like you still have three solid, three four solid receiving options on the team, and you're just you're putting up duds against the Giants. Like, while the Giants have an okay defense, it's not like a world-beating defense that you're showing. 
And it, I, I tweeted out that um, it's funny how all of Twitter has been in consensus that the car that the Sam Darnold, not the Carson Wentz, the Sam Darnold move is just it was a disaster at the start it still is a disaster and if they stick with him it is going to continue being a disaster it's like the one take that i have seen unanimous across every account right like (laughs) (laughs) everyone saw it coming i just if you're going to spend the the top draft draft capital on a second round pick on sam Darnold, why not just hold that second round pick and actually go for it with the first for an like a quarterback I, I just, I don't know. I guess you could say, oh, we tried with our second round pick. It was a failed investment. I mean, this has to be their their mentality now. Otherwise, they're screwed. They just have to be like, oh, we gave up the second for the potential of Sam Darnold being really good. It didn't work out. We have to move on now. I, I don't, don't, I don't do hate the NFL trade as much. I don't want to invest in him in fantasy, though. Like, I think that that's <laughs> no, more, no if you're giving up, because like, I, I saw Sam Darnold get traded for multiple seconds. We traded him in our league to, a, I, to be fair, a complete freaking taco for a first. Um, <laughs> I hope like, he doesn't listen. That's me. Oh, dude, listen, bro. If you're buying Sam Darnold for a first, that's a taco ass move. I'm so sorry. I'm in our home league, dude. I mean, you got second. It was a pick swap, but yeah. Yeah, pick swap's different. First round pick straight up. You got a hard <laughs> shell on, dude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, I think a a fantasy trade is where I'm like, dude, not having it for Sam Darn. I'm just, I wasn't, I was just staying away. I will gladly watch from the sidelines. Yeah. I I I mean, anyone else has anything else to say. And now I'll take him for a shoelace. Now, now (laughs) something something to ponder, though, is how many times have you seen a quarterback fail on, on two separate teams and then end up being good? It's just not. It's not a thing. Like he's done. <laughs> Sorry, Sam Darnold. Hope you're not listening. Sam <laughs> Bradford. You are... Is Sam Bradford? No, I said Sam Darnold. Oh, but did he fail on multiple teams? Like, <laughs> like he he was definitely better than whatever Sam Darnold's been so far. Yeah, like, true, I, true. I don't think we've seen a Sam Darnold season that. Days. Um. All right. Interesting one again, Carson Wentz. We have across the board, just everyone's on a different opinion here. Frank By, Jake Hold, me, Sell. He's currently ranked as an early second. I'll say if we're saying Daniel Jones is ranked the same as Carson Wentz, then I, I'll completely feel, uh, flip my opinion and say bye. Like if you're telling me I could trade Daniel Jones even a little bit on top of it, for Carson Wentz, I'll go out and get Carson Wentz because I have way more confidence in Carson Wentz than than a few of those players at that kind of price point. But to me, most of those guys at that price point kind of are a, a sell, just because they're all the questionable guys that you don't think will be future players. But if I'm looking to pivot off certain guys, namely Daniel Jones, if I don't really like Tua and I could get a little bit on top of Carson Wentz, those are trades that I'd consider doing. Like Carson Wentz, the Colts, as long as he plays 75% of the snaps, they're not going to have their first-round pick this year. There's not really any means of them going out and getting a different quarterback to get Carson Wentz. You hope they bring in another receiver that, that can help him out because um, Pittman, I think, I, 
we'll get into him in a different episode probably, but I think Pittman's a solid sell. Paris Campbell's always hurt. T.Y. Hilton's old and also gets hurt. There's not a lot of, like, passing weapons for Carson Wentz. And so, you know, a second-round pick on a wide receiver in this class that we think is deep, it's pretty solid if you ask me, especially for this well-rounded team. Um, there's also some free agency. Like, I don't know, like Juju or any of those other guys would end up in Indy. But it's a solid team. It's, a, it's an attractive team for free agents to go to, not necessarily quarterbacks, especially because there aren't that many that are likely switching teams. Um, I don't know. I, I think I might have just convinced myself into a hold, a hold Carson Wentz. I, I am of the opinion that if you look at these Colts games, and I am someone who has put money on the Colts in multiple weeks <laughs> and lost it. <laughs> but um, I really don't think the problems with the Colts are Carson Wentz. There, there were some choice words for Rafael Blankenship after the Ravens game. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You have two field goals to win the game within 50 yards of the NFL, and you don't win. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, oh, poor goggles. But I, I, I think Carson Wentz has played really well. Similar to Daniel Jones, it's just – I think that Carson Wentz is just – more talented than Daniel Jones. The only problem I have with Carson Wentz is like, dude, I feel like he's lost that Chad atmosphere, that alpha energy about him. The backwards hat. And it's like, dude, the first thing I like here, here's the one problem I have with Carson Wentz. And this is the reason why I don't think he's a major buy. I think he's only kind of a minor buy. And it really does depend on the price that you get. It's like, if you were to ask me what it takes for Carson Wentz to succeed, my first answer might be to get him a pacifier. Like that that's the problem. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck. Like pacifier. he's got the talent. What? He's got everything. I, I just th- there's this little bit of reserve with Carson Wentz that he's just still not All right, but what does the pacifier do? You know, he's it's like it gives that baby, it gives him a little bit of confidence. You know, he's got something to suck on. Oh, yeah. He's walking out there to take a snap. He's got a freaking pacifier in his mouth. That's going to give him all the confidence. Hey, That's I mean, at least something he won't give to the other team. <laughs> Maybe he should take up smoking. He'll look cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what he needs. You, you're right. Carson Wentz needs a pack of Marlboro Reds, just starts <laughs> yeah, ripping some Cutler heaters. Vibe. That's what will bring yeah. him back. He needs to start being the bad boy. He needs, he needs to, to be ripping leather jacket. He just needs to take on full greaser energy, just slick back <laughs> yeah. hair, well, all right. Marlboro Derek Carr, Reds. Dye his hair, wear eyeliner. Not that he actually... My That's what he needs. Derek Carr. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I like Carson Wentz as a prospect. He's shown it. Um, he has that high-end draft capital. To me, if there's anyone that's going to turn it around, like Carson Wentz should be able to fit the bill. He just needs to stop the weird shit, man. Like you yes, look at half is, of his turnover. You like he's the one dude in the NFL where you're like, if you'd never played hero ball, you would be so much better. Just stop. Just just throw the ball away. Just like don't do this crazy stuff. Well, all right. In a different realm, we got Teddy Bridgewater out here, who definitely does not do crazy stuff. Um, he's currently ranked around a late second, early third. I still have to sell on him just because I think one of those marquee guys is going to end up there. Um, I don't know which one. That is kind of a big if. 
but Denver is an attractive team. They're a team that's shown that they can win the Super Bowl in recent years. They're a team that has gone to the playoffs. It's, I don't know. It's just something that I don't see Teddy Bridgewater being the, the quarterback for. I mean, He's just a guy that was brought in to be the bridge quarterback. So if you could sell him out before he's the backup quarterback, I think it's just a, a smart play. I have no idea what to do with Teddy. I have him in our home league, and I, I sell him. Like, if you could get a late second, I fucking commend you because I really doubt that you're getting a second round pick for Teddy Bridgewater at this point. I've I mean, tried. it depends on yeah, it depends on. I've noticed in like each league, uh, the different leagues that we're in, quarterbacks are valued like drastically, different. significantly different. Yeah, um, so. I'm sure there are definitely leagues where you could get late seconds for Tay, especially people that have quarterbacks that went down. Uh, I don't know if Baker's technically down yet, but whatever's going on with Baker, if you had Jimmy G and you're looking to just ride out with someone else for the rest of the year. Russell um, Wilson. Russell Wilson. So there, there, there probably are. Like, good luck, I, I would say, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, for the third round pick, I, I think I'm just going to keep him. Frank, I'll give you a third round pick right now. Exactly. I think I'm just going to keep him. I need a third quarterback, so I'll just keep him for the third. You give me a second, all of a sudden I start thinking. He's he's just someone, too, that he had a good schedule at the beginning of the season and was putting up decent numbers. I just, for the rest of the season, is he going to be that much better than... He's a little banged up right now, too, unfortunately. Is he that much better than a Daryl Henderson in your flex? I don't know. Probably, Probably not, not, but yeah. it also depends. Like six point passing touchdown league, you might be able to start getting a second yeah. round pick for him. Yeah, that's definitely different. But yeah. All right. He interesting one. Derek Carr. He's someone that probably at the beginning of the season, he's currently ranked around a late first on keep trade cut. Um at the beginning of the season, I would have said sell. Sell Derek Carr. But I just think this offense has changed enough to the point of, like, he's starting to look good. They're actually letting him air the ball out more. Um, he's got solid weapons. I don't really see this team finishing poorly enough that they, they replace him. The only thing that's keeping me from putting him as a buy, and I'm just going to leave him as a hold, is the fact that I don't know what they're going to do with this coaching staff. The Raiders' all, entire front office has been a mess. Like, a bunch of the, the top people resigned due to the stadium and the the tax implications of the stadium. Then you had the whole Gruden thing go down. Um, so then you have a interim head coach and I, I don't know how you say it, Basikia, Basisha, whatever, um, who seems pretty cool. He seems like he's a good coach, but like, is that the direction that they're going to go in at the end of the season? I don't know. So there's a lot of question marks with Derek Carr, which is what's holding me back from a buy, but he's been good. He's actually looked solid, which is something I didn't really think I'd be saying about Derek Carr um, after the past year and a half or so. But here, here we are now. I'm just going to say hold for Derek Carr. I am also going to agree with you on a hold simply because um, the first-round pick, I, I think I'd rather just spend my first-round pick on a different Player than Derek Carr. I don't think he gives me enough of a competitive advantage. And on top of that, compared to someone like a Mac Jones, I don't think I get the longevity. So in terms of quarterbacks that give that fit the bill of a first round pick, Derek Carr to me does not. 
if I were able to pick him up for some other different type of package, whether I'm giving up players or I'm giving up a two second round picks or something. Yeah, sure. Go knock yourself out. I really don't think that the Derek Carr managers rosters are going to be selling for anything less than that late first round pick at least. Therefore, hold. He's in the void. He's in the void between that early second round pick and late first round pick. Kind of like um, with Jake at least, and I think a lot of other people with Cream Hunt. To him, it just wasn't worth selling for anything less than that first round pick. But a lot of people, because of the situation and whatnot, and, and the fact that you could have easily just convinced yourself that Kareem Hunt was going to be only a lower tier RB2, you weren't going to offer the first round pick. You would have rather just drafted an ETN at the time. Mm-hmm. Mistake, but that's fine. Just saying. Yeah, at the um, time. Well, uh, I had Derek Carr as a... Okay, he was top 10 running back. Before that. Anyways, go on. Uh, ETN Joker. <laughs> JT's just like throwing... Jake's blood's boiling. JT's throwing out these shots. Like... <laughs> Call back one more time. I, 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 I was preparing for it. I was getting ready. <laughs> um, anyways, back to Derek Carr. I have him as a sell just because I think it is realistic that one of these teams that has an injured quarterback, whether it be Russell Wilson or even if they have an aging out quarterback like a Matt Ryan or a Ben Roethlisberger or a Tom Brady that we've been talking about, that they would be willing to spend, especially if they're a contender, that they would be willing to spend that late first, a contender first for a guy like Derek Carr, and if that's the case, I'm just going to re-roll the dice on a first-round pick and say, let's, I, cause just because the upside for Derek Carr isn't there. He's going to be a middle-end quarterback, too, at best, and that's just what it is. I He's looked better than I, than I thought he would, but as JT said, there's just so much going on in, in, in Vegas right now that I'd just rather re-roll on a first-round pick here. I would sell for a first. I, I just really have a hard time imagining that in a standard Superflex league that you're going to be getting a a first-round pick for Derek Unless the team is really strong and desperately needs a quarterback and can't find someone better. I, I've i seen first trade for quarterbacks worse than Derek Carr. So. Absolutely. Wait, like who? Uh, let me look at who's on. I mean, I traded a first for Baker Mayfield. I don't know which one's better. Yeah, worse, but the thing but... is, with he, this is the problem with Derek Carr, is that he's both not – finishing as like a top 12 quarterback all that much and you're not really necessarily expecting him to and he doesn't have the longevity at least baker mayfield you're like okay well he probably has a good career in front of him especially considering the fact that the browns haven't had a quarterback near baker mayfield's level you can at least convince me that he's worth the first round pick because of the longevity factor to me right now Derek Carr doesn't have the longevity factor and he doesn't have that top 12 factor so at that point where's the first my valuation would you sell for one of those first you know 201 202 pushing 203 for Derek Carr probably not I'm just if I need a quarterback I'm not finding in, in super flex rookie drafts I'm not finding a quarterback better than Derek Carr at that at that point the 201 202 203 exactly I'm not selling for that fuck that it's not worth oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not selling Derek Carr for that. That's what's being asked. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not selling Derek Carr. I'm buying Derek Carr for that early second. And I also don't think that many people come, especially come rookie draft time, are like, oh, yeah, I'll gladly give up my 110 for Derek Carr. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, we saw this year people would rather just draft Mac Jones than trade for Derek Carr. Um, and that's which probably I think because right at least <laughs> Mac Jones has that long. I mean, all the rookies have that longevity factor to them. Yeah, and the shiny. They also have the, Yeah, it's the they all, always better. They also <laughs> have the Josh Rosen out of the league in a year and a half factor. Yeah, but even Josh Rosen, when we saw like that's that's an extreme circumstance where your team has to finish the worst record in the league another year in a row. You have to have a new coaching staff brought in. Like, there's a lot that, and the only team the only team I see that happening to this year is, is the Jaguars. But you're going to tell me they're going to move on? From well, Trevor yeah. The Lawrence? the other oh, argument no. too is that look at all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Take them all in the past five years you are much more likely to have a decent quarterback than a Josh Rosen. Well, he's probably the worst. Yeah, I I think he's literally the worst. Haskins might give him a run for his money, but even Haskins is still... He had apologists, at least. (laughs) He did. Is he he a practice squad guy right now, or is he actually on the roster? I think he's at the strip club right now. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins almost made. He, we have an hour forty eight minutes into the episode, and that's how long it took for Dwayne Haskins to, to catch a ricochet, Scott. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. Then, though, do you guys have anything? Yeah, else? I got nothing. All right. Well, season two, episode twelve in the books. Thank you all for listening. Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe. I don't know. Tell us what we could improve on. Be mean to Jake. Whatever. (laughs) Thank you, everyone.